Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com what was your first concert that i attended yeah that i went to uh it was it was adam and the ants uh and um at the capitol theater in passaic new jersey in 1980 i was 10 <laughs> and um i i you know i was a fan i think probably more from like early mtv at that point like I wasn't, you know, going to other punk shows or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was aware of it. Like bands like the jam and, and stuff I, I knew. Um, and, you know, just cause I don't know, like I paid attention to the radio and there was a lot of good, like independent radio around here. Um, and I remember asking my dad if I could go to this show and for so many years, it seemed crazy that he took me. And then I realized like, Oh, he was like, 32 <laughs> like 31 or something like and he's, you know, he was still a young guy essentially himself like you know when i was a teenager I was like yeah can you believe my dad took me to go see adam Anson? i was like oh you know by the time i was 40 i was like oh he was like 10 years younger than i am now you know <laughs> right right <clears throat> was he was he into it yeah he enjoyed it yeah yeah what did he listen to uh you know uh the beatles the who bob dylan that kind of stuff um yeah. some like uh, you know weirdly like you know i got kind of turned on to reggae by him um but mostly mostly you know your basic beatles who <laughs> axis you know <laughs> yeah did were you playing music at that time uh not really um i i was i was taking some piano lessons um and I, mostly I was just walking around probably annoying everybody with how much I was, I would sing. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't really pick up a guitar until I was like a senior in high school. So sing, singing was the, like the natural thing coming out of you first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. That tracks. That tracks. <laughs> I appreciate that. Do you, do you remember having a feeling that that 10 year old kid being like that, that right there? I, 
I do, but here's the crazy thing. So, and this, you know, this kind of loops around to the internet era because I remember the opening band so well. They were this power pop group that I later learned was from Richmond, Virginia called Single Bullet Theory. And they were, I mean, they were, you know, they were kind of like cheap tricky. Like they were just like this super tight, tons of hooks, power pop band. They had this one song called, which I'll, I'll tell you, it was called Keep It Tight. And I never forgot it. It's like one of those rare things where from 1980 until, you know, when I finally was in front of a computer and, you know, remembered to look it up like 30 years later, um, I, I had the chorus of this song. You gotta keep it tight. <laughs> like, you know, just like rolling around in my head. And I was finally able to look them up and, you know, find out where they were from. And there's like a video for the song and et cetera. And uh, that was the thing that stuck with me. I mean, I remain a big, um, I actually remain kind of a big Adam and the Ants fan. Um, but it was that opening band song that stuck with me and I think gave me more of the sense of what you're talking about because you know with all the um with all the makeup and the 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 you know pirate costumes and stuff like adam and the ants were a little more theatrical um but this was just like this was just like a band you know this is like cheap trick bad finger you know just like getting out there hooks yeah. guitars and i think that that was what that gave me a little bit more of a sense of like Ah, oh, there's you know a whole this this stuff that I that I am attracted to like you know it's ongoing and there's a whole world of people who are just doing it you know and they're not superstars and etc. And I wonder too because what you just described, I feel like I still look for on a night yeah. out or right. or I'm on a bill or or anything in that it accesses this primal response to music that doesn't need the preconceived media hype which is a construct of you know that 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 is modern essentially mm -hmm. like a 300 year construct right that you would know who Mo mozart is and you you had enough money to get uh to a performance or you would right. you know who the beatles are you have expectations on adam ant you have a built-up narrative but when you're there you have no narrative on this thing in front of you and they happen to be badass and have a hook and be authentic in front of you and it access that thing that we all deserve that we lose sight of in yeah media arts absolutely yeah i think you're right about that it's a very um it's a very what's the word it, it it's primal um not in like a maybe a little bit in like a an amygdala like lizard lizard brain you know response sense but also just in the sense that it's um it's 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 at that early forming stage, you know, before, before, um, media exists much for you, before those narratives start to develop, uh, you know, to cohere around what you're doing, whether they're driven by you or, or not. Right. Right. And it's maybe with the ubiquity of, of just, we're all connected, you know, five, six billion of us are all connected now through some degree of separation. I just worry about that atrophy all the time. Yeah. And I, when I pass a lizard in a cage, I'm just like, you're so lucky. <laughs> yeah. You have that whole lizard brain. Just that's all you, you don't have to deal with the other half. Right. Sun's over here. That's where I'm moving my head. Yeah. 
Um, do you do you have a favorite town to play? Not like where you you have the best audience or anything like that, but just like right. you know you're going to this town in the United States and you're going to have a, a spiritual Ted Leo time, like a you time. That's a little tough. Um, having having been to most places a lot of times, um, you know, uh, I kind of center. I, you know, I have um, I have done, I've gone through stretches where the the breaking from the tour herd walk, you know, solo walk becomes really important. Um, most of the time, I I do kind of, especially these days. Um, I do kind of stick with the herd. I like to stay in the milieu of the, you know, of the show. Um, but I used to explore a lot more. Um, and so the return to these places, you know, where I had um, discovered this cool little art museum or this great little vegan restaurant, you know, uh, they, be, they become a little bit mythologized in, in, your, in your own head, you know. Um, and sometimes that return is great. And sometimes that return is a bummer because it's not, it doesn't have the magic of that, you know, that you're hoping to reconnect with the first time you went there or it's gone, <laughs> you know? That's exactly, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, um, I never thought of the, what you just said about the herd, being with the herd and everything. That was, <clears throat> I've never really, I don't think I've had a conversation about that importance, mm. both important, right? Yeah. That the, the feeling of rolling into a new town to play or a new region or a new place and just going for a walk where you're not thinking, but that's two miles away. You just walk because you have no idea. Yep. And you're just going yeah. and you're like, you, or you finish a sound check. And you're like, hey, where can I get a bite? And I go to this place. Like, I'm just going to walk. And I don't end up at that place. I just end up right. somewhere else. And I don't right. care anymore, especially the more foreign a place is to me, the less I'm judging my experience. And then I have a better experience because mm -hmm. I haven't made an itinerary or I'm not looking for that place that was awesome last time. Right, right. You know, these are, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that this might be of interest to listeners of your particular podcast. There might not, it might be a little inside baseball for, for some people, but like the different, you know, ways like logistically of touring affect this as well, because like if you're on a bus and you arrive in, in, a, in a new town in the morning, you have some time, you know, you have yeah. some time to explore if you're on a on a van tour in a kind of punker scene where shows are later and there's not this like regimented sound check scenario, drives are maybe a little shorter most of the time. Um, you have more time to explore. If you're kind of in that in that like we're selling a few records, like we're drawing a few hundred people, we're in a van, but everything's a little tighter. Yeah, the shows are the shows are earlier because we're older and because that's what the venues do at this you know size. Like you get there, you load in, you sound check. There's maybe two hours before the first band, if you know, if that. And if you want to be around for that, there's not a lot of time, you know, not a lot of time to explore anymore. And then the show's over, and you got to go to bed. So it's uh, it, it changes your relationship to to traveling. When I got approached to do this podcast, like, yeah, you yeah. just talk about all the experiences. It's like, I just want to explain the experience of somebody working, <laughs> traveling yeah. around to the place. Yeah, yeah. And I spent the summer following a bus in a car mm -hmm. with me and oh, one yeah. other person, which is driving, setting yourself up, merching yourself, mm -hmm. checking, playing, talking, selling, back in the car, hotel, wake up, drive, follow a bus. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's these days, um, 
for many, many reasons. Like I don't do, I don't really do the like six, seven week tours four times a year, five times a year that, that I, that I did 20 years ago. But, um, but building in a day off every, every now and then in a, in a place where you're maybe going to get some of that fun mystery again is it's kind of like, I do think about that ahead of time. You know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say recently, like in, in answer to your original question about this, um, I, I don't remember what two towns we were, we were driving between, but back in 2018, 2017, late 2017, um, I was doing one of the two, the only two bus tours that I've ever done under my own name. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, you know, we, we needed a day, um, to get from wherever it was like Atlanta to new Orleans or something. And, we stopped in Jackson, Mississippi and had a, a day off. And that was exactly one of those situations where you're like, I guess I'm just going to walk. I guess I'm just going to walk around, you know? And then eventually like you find, you find someone, you listen to some things, you look at some flyers on the wall, you know, somebody tipped uh, somebody in our band off to this like speakeasy that opens up in the back of a pharmacy at 10 PM, you know, and go, yep. you know, it goes through the, through the night. So like you, you stumble upon this actually cool thing and, and, and that create, you know, that, that will forever be the, you know, one of those magical days off. Or when I used to, when I was touring with Amy a lot, Amy man for the listeners, like both as when we did our band, the both, and also times when I would, when I would travel opening for her, we made it a real point to find an art museum, like wherever, wherever we were, that was, those were bus tours. So you had many, many mm -hmm. hours in the day um because it, it's it's a way to like sort of stay in a in a creative space talk you know have conversations about art but not be in the black box of the rock club with that you know all, all day and all night um and that that's like that's something that presents really fun magical things because maybe you're in a small town maybe it's a it's a tiny museum but you find one corner where there's something really cool that you've never seen before, you know? Um, and, uh, it, um, it really like, it just gives you, it gives you life that can just drain out of you. If you're, if you're just on the grind the whole time, you know? Yeah. I got that habit from Kimo and Kirk who played oh, yeah. bass with Amy a lot mm -hmm. doing the museums. Oh, that's mm -hmm. cool. That's great. Yeah. And, uh, and also you just, you're in the legacy of art and you're like, that thing on that wall is someone's effort like i'm putting effort in now and you just have a little bit more continuation and continuity of feeling okay about it because also on the road you there's it's just this bipolar thing of down not only the downtime and work of one hour to two hours a night or something like that but bad night to good night all this mm -hmm. stuff being yep. away from yeah from not only just loved ones but the source sometimes if you're mm -hmm. if love is the source right um uh and uh so sometimes feeling that connection uh it's just a little bit more mental health yeah too. and will i mean i know that you you who who tours solo solo a lot like i do must also know like i've always you, you just said bipolar and i have always called it like it's it's touring alone alone is is super manic you know it's like mm -hmm. when things are when things are up 
it's really up you know it can be like the greatest thing like you're meeting new people you have this great show you know when things are low there's you got nowhere to go other than the driver's seat of your car you know and it, that can get pretty low if you don't have an appreciation for the driver's seat of your car <laughs> yeah and and for doing those check-ins or having something like that and mm -hmm. when you when you are solo touring it's like well i don't deserve you have so much more work to do you there's no one to lean on or even if it's like i just did like i said i was following a a, a big band with a bus and i had one, a tour manager with me but it still was it was a lot of work just the two of us yeah. um and uh it is those little things of, of, of within a town or, you know, be it the museum or the food place or the bookstore oh, yeah. or a record store, mm -hmm. um, something, something like that, just to, to have some sanity, um, of it all. Is there, are there, what are some rooms, oh, you know what I just, on this, on this tour that I played the Uptown Theater in Kansas City, um, I think it's Uptown Theater. Could be. I yeah, that sounds right. And and had a night off. When you speak of night offs, mm -hmm. and I went to the Green Lady. Have you ever been to the Green Lady in Kansas City, the jazz club? I have not. No. It, it's it's one of those things. Where it's like, all right, I want to tell everyone, and I don't want to tell everyone. <laughs> and um, right. you feel like we are all going to be all right if we could all just spend some time in the Green Lady. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's two floors of jazz, all original, not like jazz covers, but like. Mm -hmm. These outfits from I think four in the afternoon until two two a.m. Wow. Different bands, right? Yeah, two different bands upstairs and downstairs. Another place called uh, the Black Dolphin, I believe, next door, which is a little bit more modern design. But the Green Lady's been around forever. It's red and orange inside. Every lamp is different. Oh yeah, you know mm -hmm. the puffy couches. Everyone in America is in there, right. and I was there at seven o'clock on my off night. Cause I was like, right. I got, I heard I have to go here. Yeah. Yeah. And every, the, all of America is in there. And I mean, every kind of person, every demographic, uh, an 80 year old couple on a date. Nice. And a 20 year old looking, 22 year old looking to hook up and like meet some, somebody. And they're all there. And I thought, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know a lot of places like this, yeah. especially in America. Yeah. 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 Um, and it did, and it, and it, and it didn't, and it wasn't like, uh, you know, Disneyfied or Bozeman. Not at all. Not, yeah, yeah, not at all. And, and it was one of those things, because often like a night off, I will have that whole, the, the up and down bipolarness will, will creep in. It's like, I should be working. I'm not doing anything or I'm away from my loved ones. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be like, Hey, I'm just going to go kick it around town. But then I just had this great, um, positive jazz America experience. That's in awesome. This one little room. That's really great. Next time I go, next time I go there, it'll be closed. <laughs> don't, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been around forever. It's a thriving, thriving place. But uh, what um is are there rooms as far as performing? Yeah, like performing. Like I've never played Thalia Hall. Mm -hmm. You just played there. With, did, you, did the Chisel tour go through Thalia? Uh, no, um, but I played there with the with my band, the Pharmacists, back uh, back. In on that 2017 tour that I was just talking about, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or maybe later. That just seems like a like that's one of my like rooms. Like I haven't played that. I was like, that just got seems like a magical room. Um, I always love playing the Metro. Yeah, I always love playing the Paradise or the Sinclair in Boston. Mm -hmm. or, you know, plenty of places. But do you have uh, 
do you, what's your magic list in, in America? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, Chisel did play the Sinclair and it's interesting. Um, that was my first time there and, uh, it was, it was a really nice show. It was fun, but one of the, one of the amazing things was more than one person remarked and you don't get told this very often from even your friends, you know, like they might say you sound good, but it's very rare that they say it sounded so good, you know? And, um, I had a couple of people tell me like, it sounded like it was already pressed on vinyl, like how it was coming out of the, of the PA. I was like, wow, that's amazing. All right. You know, thumbs up to the, to the Sinclair for that. Um, we just did the Somerville, uh, ballroom, the crystal ballroom. I, I just played there the other yeah, night. That was great. It was beautiful. Sounded beautiful great. Space. Yeah, yeah. It sounds great in that room. Yeah. Um, in that here, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, you, go ahead. Yeah. Something like also for people who follow the show, and and I think people who we are speaking to a little bit of the converted inside of our town mm -hmm. for the most part, mm -hmm. but I feel like they need. It's also good to speak to the converted so they know that it's important to be converted and know how important a lifestyle of engaging with live music is especially when everyone's complaining about spotify and, and all these things like we have the power to invest in the arts when you participate in live music and yeah. not let anybody think um i always want to instill in any listener to this show that um not only like a sense of gratitude but uh it's a really powerful thing to participate in live music and you're conti you're continuing something ancient but uh, that's way off track about what I was going to say <laughs> about music rooms. <laughs> but I, oh, I want to share some of these little details that a room like the Crystal Ballroom, something about its design. I always like when a room, when you're sound checking and you're hearing reflections back as well as your monitor, and it's really nice and you have this great sound check and then it fills with people mm -hmm. and all you have is monitor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, the ballroom stays a little bit live and comes back at you. Yeah. Like a good theater would, will always do. Absolutely. But some rock clubs and some smaller rooms like die once you walk out yep. and there's people. Yeah. The ballroom can fill with people and it, and it, and it cycles back at you and I love that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That That's, you know, I mean, you know, for... For better or for worse, probably for worse. Like I don't, I don't use in-ear monitors, and it's precisely for that reason because, like, I really do kind of feed off the the bouncing around of the of the stage and the and the room a little bit, and um, and I, I really appreciate exactly what you're saying when when you can feel that. I think other rooms for me, you know, just like a little bit of context. When I started playing under my own name in, I guess, late late '90s, like I had just um been in a couple of other bands in the nineties, including Chisel, who we mentioned. And, um, me starting to play under my own name was like, it was, it was de in a way it was like degrading, uh, not de not degrading in the sense of devaluing, but just like dropping it down a few notches to, to hobbyist in a way. Like I was just like, you know, I want to keep playing music. Like I'm kind of done. I'm done with being in bands. I'm done with like playing the game. I'm done with trying, trying to do much with this other than to just do it. Um, so I started playing solo gradually, you know, wanted to have, want to be playing with people again and gathered this, this band around me that has, has had a core for a long time, but has had more fuzzy edges where people can come and go call the pharmacists. And, um, and then, you know, as it goes with these things, like something happened, like once I sort of gave all, gave all that striving up, things started happening. And <clears throat> in the early 2000s, um, 
I'm going to like take New York, Boston, and DC as, as examples, because this is where it really happened. You know, you, we could see we're on tour. We toured a lot back then. And you could see, you know, every six months, you could see the progress of, of like the growing audience for what we were doing. And so, and you would map out venue by venue. So it would be like, you know, upstairs at the Middle East or brownies in New York or the backstage at the Black Cat in DC for like a year. And then it's just like, we can't, we literally can't play there anymore. Like we have to go downstairs to the Middle East or, you know, um, Mm-hmm. The, where, what a Bowery Ballroom in, in, in New York and the, the, you know, uh, uh, the main stage is the Black Cat in D.C. And, um, and it was, an, it was you know, perhaps one of the only times in my life, and I feel very lucky, you know, you mentioned gratitude in the last thing, and that's, that's what jogged this in my head because, um, you know, one of the only times in your life were, were my life where I could see this happening and it, it felt it felt amazing because, you know, we had gone, we had started putting out records with Lookout Records, like the venerable West, you know, East Bay punk label who had some resources. So we were, we were like on a decent sized label, but other than that, like we still really weren't doing anything other than just, you know, trying to make music and it was connecting. And, um, it was the first, you know, we, like I said, like we, we started having, you know, we, we could, you could map like venue size by every six months, like what we were, we were doing back then. And then there was a time when we were, we were going to play the Bowery ballroom and we needed to add a second night and, and both nights sold out. And that to me was like this kind of amazing mountaintop because it really, really, it really, really felt like, you know, we were still pretty out of, the spotlight such as it was, you know, this was like the era of the strokes and everything. And, and, um, uh, you know, we weren't get, we weren't getting that kind of press. We weren't getting that kind of play or, you know, 90% of the people you you talk to, if not 99% of the people you talk to, this is the era where you get on a plane with a guitar and and the um, flight attendant is like, Oh, should I know you? And you're like, probably not you know <laughs> like maybe you should but you i mean my life yeah, exactly you mean my life. yeah yeah i mean you should maybe but like i don't expect you to you know um if you're leading a healthy lifestyle you would yeah. but no you don't know <laughs> right me. exactly um but that that kind of thing it was also you know it was also the the beginning of the of the iraq war years and you know we we were known for, um, I think, you know, for, for singing songs within that time that, that, that connected with people who were struggling to like live through that time. And you could just feel this energy on those two nights at the Bowery ballroom that, um, that very much, uh, was that kind of, um, positive community catharsis where it like just creates this great feedback loop of of good you know of like sorrow and love and you know like we're in this together and and we're actually all here and and to be able to do you know the barry bomb is not the biggest venue in the world but it's it to do to be able to do two nights there having like come from like scuzzy basement punk world you know um 
it really it had less to do with me feeling like hey we've made it than it did with like that 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 absolute like reminder that there's power in music and there's like community in music that's what makes me do it in the first place like mm -hmm. you know i love playing songs i love hear, play, hearing the songs that i love playing them you know like i could sit here and play songs and it would it would lift my mood and make me happy but there's something very special about connecting with an with an audience with that stuff that mm -hmm. that though that moment crystallized for me and for that reason that venue will forever be a very special place for me we were able to go back there this yeah. this past september and and do a show and it really really felt like you know after many many years i don't even remember the last time we we, we played there before that was but it really felt like a like a cool homecoming you know and it should be it, it is like a if you're someone and I have friends who, you know, don't play music at all, but they go to more shows probably than I've ever played. <laughs> right. And, you know, and um <clears throat> our ballroom should be one of those places like you you have to know it if you've yeah, you know, gone to more than twenty shows a year in your life yeah. in, in a way. And uh do, are you saying that you recognize it even then? Are you saying Yeah. Is it or is it it's also just grown more in power that you did accomplish that because it, it is an accomplishment. Like there's something about the rooms where you can access the whites of everybody's eyes mm -hmm. when the lights like pop up a little bit. Yeah. And you know that that that's the most that's the most ancient part of the job. Recorded music is a hundred year old phenomenon, which is nothing. We are at the and I'm I'm of the opinion and we this is another podcast we could do another time, but we are now waving goodbye to a renaissance of recorded music. Yeah. That, you know, there was the renaissance of watercolors and there's m amazing watercolor paintings being sold right now and the watercolor artists existing. But the renaissance of it had passed, interesting. right? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and the technology of humans being able to record themselves from, from the basic acetate to the Beatles to then Pro Tools and now... It's a now democratized across humanity. Everyone's going to have it. And it's important to, I think, also recognize so you can wave goodbye. Mm -hmm. And it's also maybe exciting because it should lead power, especially with all these things we're concerning ourselves with AI and Spotify payments and, and this and that. We have to remember the real power and the real ancient job that we have is what you described. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think, and I, and I think, and I think in answer to your to your question, I think I did recognize it in the in the moment. I think that's why it imprinted so strongly on me, you know, um, uh, because it's it's not something that is like rose colored glasses. Like in in the moment of those two nights, the lengthy moment of those two nights, um, uh, I absolutely did feel it, and you know, it's truly one of those things where i can honestly say like if i went to my grave never having experienced exactly that again i couldn't i count myself um like among a very lucky group of people who got who maybe have gotten to experience that that's 
wise and healthy and <laughs> so true and, and important to remember. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. My band has a hard time being serious, and I, and I kind of have a, like a Rolodex band, you know, like a, in a drummer in LA and drummer in Chicago and stuff like that to 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 do this. But I was joking around the other night. I was like, okay, guys, let's go out and honor every bloodline that is running through our bloods, right? Every amoeba, every humanoid, <laughs> uh, not just the bipeds. They all existed. You know how excited they'd be to be able to walk out into a room of people and play music right now, and and I was joking. We all like were just making silly jokes about it. But yeah, boy. But there is something very rare about doing it. In especially, you just said, you know, oh, oh, 
two, three, four, and yeah. five. Yeah. But that and and right now, it just like this this century in general, <laughs> it's a really important job because the Renaissance was thriving back then. We felt connected over the radio and people felt, you know, the way people talk about Sgt. Pepper's coming out, or the way I felt when I remember when OK Computer came out and I was mm-hmm. like, wow, people are in line waiting for this record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um we were having communal experiences within the Renaissance, and now we're we're not having communal experiences with uh, recorded music, and, yeah. and that might have to be okay. Not lament it and enjoy the Renaissance, and and return to that fire pit. Yeah, you know where you know you, your other humanoid just killed an animal and like you're using the bones to drop a sick beat and your friend's carving up the woolly mammoth and says that's a really great beat are you gonna do anything with that <laughs> maybe i can yeah make a you know poke some holes in this one and get a little like ocarina yeah. kind of thing going along with you yes, yeah. exactly yeah we've been doing it forever yeah and you felt and that's that's what i hear too when you when you describe it that's yeah that's that even like that even heightens it for me <laughs> like it was yes. already really high but now now i'm thinking of the the you know the uh the genetic material of amoebas that you know that you know made made their way through to that moment somehow it's pretty heavy and and, and like, everyone should and know like, this is like you know. this is the morning for us we're not yeah imbibing on anything yeah. right now <laughs> no. um and I, but I'll, and I'll also say, just to bring this full circle, what you just described, that probably time period, what year would you say that show was? I think that was, uh, as we've been talking, I realized that that was probably 05 or 06. And I was, you know, sure, listening to The Strokes and listening to a ton of things. It was probably a, a site called eMusic. Oh, yeah. Where I downloaded Shake the Sheets. Oh, nice. Because I was looking for that thing that you also described with the band that opened up for Adam Ant. Right. Right? I'm looking for, show me something real that isn't being sent to me right now to tell me it's real. And yeah. that's how I heard you for the first time. Yeah. It made me cry. That's actually really nice. That's, I mean, and that's, that's like, that is right in line with the, what's become the theme of this, you know, which is that, that kind of ongoing thing, you know, that, I mean, take, take it back to the amoeba and stop along the way at a single bullet theory from Richmond, Virginia, you know, which led in some ways to me making that album, led to you finding that album, you know, et cetera. Yeah. And there's people who are really good at being in that 1% of successful artists, right? There is something in that world that makes you feel, I, I, I would just never be good at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we need to know that there's an authentic way to art without it being approved by the marketplace. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say for now in that um, process is, is, is everything for the artist. It is the process of writing the song process of playing the show process of recording it. Th- those processes where we are at those highs of the bipolar wave of, of the experience and the results are the lie. Yeah. Yeah. The well, results are not real. I mean, and we're constantly robbed of the result by a process by results. I, I can't go all the way there with you only because as a, as an, also a fan of music, I feel Mm -hmm. like I have to, I have to honor 
the fans response in some way, you know, like, is that, is that run counter to what you're saying or not? No, I don't think okay. so. No, no, no. I don't think, I think, I think that's a process of connectivity. Like you're saying, ah, that's, okay, yeah, I would yeah. call that process as well. Boom. Yeah. All right. Um, we're back. We're back on, we're back on, we're back no, on track. Totally. Totally. That, that would be, that would be the fourth, <laughs> uh, fourth tier right, of, right. <laughs> in this, in this, um, series. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, because you were just alluding to like, oh, yeah, the, the strokes are happening at that time and the stuff and we were doing this. But what you did, what you do and have done and all that to me is uh, is uh, extremely pivotal um, Thank you. for not only the audience, but me as the audience and, or people like me as the audience who are artists. I'm like, I need to see I need to see Ted Leo doing it. I need to see you in the boat. When that happens to me and I saw you in the both and all these other things, I don't know. I'm just I I. Well, you know how I feel. I feel like you felt at that adamant concert. <laughs> well, you should know that I feel the same way about you, and I'm not just saying that. Our thing is going to run out of time. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Damn it! I'm going to uh, call you. Okay. Just to, but we're done. Like we 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 fixed everything. I think we I think we said a lot here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It's a half hour show because live music's more important than two dudes talking. There you go. Yeah. Listen to this on your way to the show. Yeah, on your way to the show. And one more thing. To everyone who's listened this season and the prior season, thank you. And to anyone who has wandered in the night, maybe in a strange town, saw a marquee or a chalkboard or a flyer, just thought, why not? Pulled out a five, a ten, a twenty, thirty, forty bucks and went inside and just listened you're pretty magical if you've done that wow season 2 complete where do we go from here only you can decide share your favorite episodes Follow this podcast. I do have some extra surprises coming in the new year. Leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And just send me a direct message of what you think I should do. Where should we go? What happens next? What cities do we cover? This is Sound of Our Town. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Double Elvis. Executively produced by Brady Sadler and Jake Brennan. Production assistance by Matt Bowden. I gotta thank so many writers, Frida Lovesmith, Samantha Farrell, Patrick Coleman, Caitlin White, Gerald Dowd. We had fun this year. And thanks to Jamie Demas for keeping us all in order. I'm your host, Will Daly, by the way. I've created, wrote, and scored, and produced this, in case you didn't know. And you can find me just by spelling Will Daly, uh, D-A-I-L-E-Y into any kind of electronic device and I hope to see you soon until then thank you for your ears Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.